Now, after about two years of this sojourn in the desert, Moses, who has seen the promised land from the top of the mountain, basically tells the people that they can go there. I wonder how many times you've ever felt that God is telling you, you can go someplace, you can have something that he desires for you, but you don't believe him. And that's basically what happens in our story, because Moses sends out 12 spies, one guy from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he says, go into the promised land, scout it out so that we'll know what we're going to be up against when we get over there, and uh, come back and give us a report, and they do. If you want to read about this, it's one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. It's in Numbers 13 and 14. These 12 guys, they come back, and of course, two of the 12 are Joshua and his friend and brother Caleb, and they basically believe that this can get done, but the other 10 guys are pessimists, and they basically give a report about how wonderful a land it is. They brought back milk and honey, and they show it to the people, and they say it's a great place, but you know what? We're not going there. There are giants in the land. And we seem like grasshoppers to them, and they are going to devour us, and we're going to get killed. Well, now, I would like to think, because, you know, how many days have I longed for some kind of direct sign from God that he's active in some kind of miraculous way? Now, these people have seen God 12 or 13 major times at this point, so you'd like, to, you'd like to think they say to these ten guys, shut up. You know, God's going to take care of us. But what do they say? I mean, they, they, they start out in, in verse 14 and they say, that night the people wept aloud. And they say, why has God brought us out into this desert to allow us to die? What we should really do, we don't like Moses. So what? He's talked to God, seen God, got these Ten Commandments. He's been with God fairly regularly. So what? He's a bad leader. Let's fire him. Let's pick a new guy. And where do they want to go? They want to go back to Egypt, even at this point. Well, you know, this is kind of a problem because uh, what happens now is that that generation who cannot get it right to trust God is going to spend the next 40 years in the desert, and that entire generation, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, are going to die. And the Bible says the bones of those people of that generation were bleached white from the sun. Well, what is it that we have to do to get to the next stage, to go from the desert and the chaos over at least into the promised land? There's another body of water we need to cross. And that, of course, is the River Jordan. And like the other body of water, the Red Sea, I've been wondering, what is this body of water in our lives? Well, if you look at what you need to do to go into the Promised Land, you need to take some risks. You need to face some giants. Take a moment just now and think to yourself, what have been the giants that I have faced that I've been tempted to say, they're going to devour me those problems, those challenges, whatever they are, and I just cannot go any farther. So in order to get to the promised land, we're going to have to take some risks, and to me, this next body of water, the River Jordan, is what I've come to call the river of risk. There's going to be a place in our recovery where we know we've got to go from this chaotic place into a newer place, and we're going to have to take some risks to cross over to the other side. David sings a song about doing that.
things for certain Nothing stays the same To try to hold on to the way I am That's a losing game I could change my attitude Change my actions, even change my nerve But it's this old heart of mine That needs to change And the voice of God Keeps calling me To come to that place Where I'm finally free And I'm going to the other side I'm going to the other side I'm tired of holding on to my own life Well, I've made up my mind I'm gonna walk right down to the banks of joy Step on in the town Goodbye, old me Going to the other side Kind of hard to understand That the same one who's waiting for me He's right here holding my hand Yes, he is So I'm gonna trust in Jesus Though the waters look deep and wide But with my eyes on him When I step in The waters Tired of holding on to my own life Well, I've made up my mind I'm gonna walk right down to the banks of Jordan Step on in the tide Goodbye, hold me Going to the other side To the other side
The Jewish people do get to the other side. They finally do cross the River Jordan. Uh, it's really not that deep and wide, and uh, they get across. And they've got a task ahead of them to uh, reoccupy this land, uh, kind of a conflict that's still going on over there to this day. The first task is to uh, kind of come up against this great fortified city of Jericho. And again, God's going to demonstrate to them that he's taking care of things because there really isn't a military strategy here. What God tells them to do, and you know this, is to march around the city for seven days blowing their trumpets and then on the seventh day walk around seven times blowing their trumpets. I mean, can you imagine if you're a graduate of West Point or the Naval Academy or someplace like that, you know, what it would be like to hear this military strategy? Well, of course, the wall of Jericho does come tumbling down, and they have a great victory, and they're celebrating that, and God tells them, whatever you do, don't uh, take any of the gold and silver for yourself. There's just this one commandment that I want you to follow. Well, <clears throat> the next day, Joshua says to the army, there's this little dinky village called Ai right close by. I want you to go occupy that place. And uh, they go off, and they go up there, and strangely enough, the enemy is waiting for them there, with a kind of a surprise attack, and 65 Jewish soldiers are killed. They come dragging back to Joshua and report, we went up there and we failed and we got slaughtered up there. Now at this point, Joshua has been the strong leader, right? And even now, in the face of this military defeat, Joshua goes into his tent, he falls down on his face, and strangely enough, he says to God, why did you bring us over to the promised land to allow us to die like this? And where does he want to go? Back to, back to Egypt. It's the constant pull, isn't it? To go back to our old ways. Even now, after 40 years of seeing the hand of God continually. I love what God does. It's kind of like what Jesus says to the guy at the pool of Bethesda in the New Testament, who's been paralyzed for 38 years. God says to Joshua, get up. You know, I told you that uh, no one was to take the gold and silver from the city of Jericho. And you know what one guy did? He's got it buried over there in his tent, and you need to confront him about that. This guy's name is Achan, and of course Achan does come forward, and he does confess, <clears throat> and I'm not quite sure I like exactly what happens, because Achan and his family is just killed. And I've read a lot of commentators and a lot of interpreters of the Old Testament, and I don't see a satisfying answer about this kind of retribution that takes place at this point. But I do know one of the points of the story, I think, is that when one guy in the community disobeys God, there are going to be consequences. And I want some of you to think, particularly the men that are here tonight that are in a support group, what has been the result in your life if one of the guys comes into the group and says that he's slipped or relapsed or had a problem that week? It kind of has a discouraging effect on all of us, doesn't it? And I think that's really true of community. We like to think here that we're a community. And every community is only as strong as the individual members of it. And I think that's one of the things we can take from this story. In our efforts to continually trust God more, everyone in the community needs to pull together and support each other so that we follow God's commandments continually. Now, as we know, there's going to be 
a happy ending to the story of the Jewish people eventually. And it is God's grace which is going to basically tell us there's going to be no more of this kind of retribution like happened in the Old Testament. And David sings a song at this point about this point in time about God's grace. Never knew the night could be so dark Or that pieces of a broken heart could be so sharp I cried till I was numb I'd given up hope that hope would come but somehow you knew You'd pull me through When I laid down my strength, Lord And looked up to
I think one of the things that is important to think about when you think about the Jewish people throughout the history of the Old Testament, and that is it's a continual story of for brief periods of time trusting God, but for longer periods of time not trusting God. There are moments when God pulls them together and they have a great king like David who unites the entire country, has a million, four hundred thousand men in arms and solidifies the country for the first time and finally makes Jerusalem a safe place to be. You know, it's at this point that Satan comes against David, not militarily, but through something that's been a problem for many of us here in this room tonight, and that is you know, sexual sin. And that the story of the Old Testament is continually that. God gives them great things. They have great leaders. You look at the three greatest leaders, I think, in the Old Testament. Samson, the strongest man that God ever had. David, the greatest king. His son Solomon, the wisest man. They were all brought down by sexual sin. So it's a story of kind of up and down. Wisdom, strength, power, and then some sin comes along. And so after all of this, God knows that he finally needs to make the last intervention in this story. And uh, as we're celebrating now, we know that God finally came into the world, sent his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And David sings a song at this point that I think is so powerful because it reveals to us that what is in fact the promised land for us? It is our ability to trust in Christ. That is the only answer to our journey to get to the new status quo. Jesus is the only answer that we need to make the changes that we need to make. So, listen to David's song. Jesus is our promised land. 
Tonight, I just want to challenge all of you to uh, think about what is the change that you're trying to make? What has been Egypt for you? Has it been an addiction? Has it been a co-addiction? Has it been an anxiety? Has it been a depression? Has it been some kind of uh, emotional, spiritual place that you just can't seem to, to get out of that's just killing you? So whatever change it is, I hope that this presentation to, tonight has been helpful to you in, in terms of maybe just evaluating where are you in the journey? Do you need to identify this? Do you need to confront it? Do you need to get out of denial? Do you need to uh, face into your own sadness, or own trauma, or own woundedness? Do you need to kind of be somewhere in this chaotic desert place and just learn how to trust God more and not worship any other false idols? Do you need to take some risks to go to the next place? Do you need to get more experience practicing and integrating this into your life? Maybe some of you are listening to this who don't have a relationship with Christ and you need to talk some, to somebody about, about that. Well, as David's last song tells us, though, really, whatever change we need to make, wherever we're at in this journey, the ability to trust God more is the answer. So I hope that in community we can all learn how to do that together. And I'd like to close us with prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for people who are gifted like David who has put into music so many spiritual feelings. And uh, we're just blessed by that. Lord, we bring to you honestly wherever we're at tonight in terms of those changes that you've called us to make. You've asked and called each and every one of us here to be either the man God wants them to be or the woman God is calling them to be. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to demonstrate to them that you are the one who can lead them, help them to change, take them through the journey at whatever point they are, that you are our ever-present source of strength and hope. Finally tonight, we thank you for that promised land that you gave us over 2,000 years ago with the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. We turn to him now again, and we pray through him to you. In Jesus' name, amen.